Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay as we look at world football as it's going on right now. Lots going on, so let's get right to it. Uh, one superstar is back playing in the ranks, and one superstar has gone down for a while. Neymar, out four to six weeks with a groin injury. Officials say he has a small tear of his left adductor. Neymar is scheduled to miss the following games. PSG, will, uh, when they play Nance and Rennes in Ligue 1 uh, competition, Champions League against RB Leipzig next week, and more importantly, Neymar will not be playing in two Brazil World Cup qualifiers against Venezuela and Uruguay, November 14th and 17th. Now, let's look at this from a perspective. Step back for a minute. Okay, Venezuela and Uruguay are good opponents. Venezuela has come up over the years and has become a viable opponent in the World Cup competition down in South America. Uruguay, always tough, always good. I like the way they pass. I like the way they move the ball in a finesse-type style. Brazil, as you know, is 60% Samba, 40% football when they move, when they play. Okay, so can somebody replace Neymar on the Brazil national team that's somewhat within his caliber of play? I don't know about that. Brazil's got a lot of great talent down there. If you watch the Brazilian league on a regular basis, you know that there are a lot of players down there who should be on the national team and aren't. So maybe one of those will step up and take Neymar's place while he's out. Again, two Brazil qualifiers will not have Neymar there. Venezuela and Uruguay are the opponents. That's November 14th and 17th. So Neymar is going to be out four to six weeks. He's scheduled to come back now on November the 20th. What a uh, great time for him to come back because that's the showdown between PSG and Monaco, which is the big, uh, the, the big match uh, in France every year. So will Neymar be back in time for that? Who knows? Let's talk about the treatment he may undergo. Okay, you've got a, a small tear of your adductor, which is down here in the upper part of your thigh. This is going to be a tough injury to heal. Groin injuries are not injuries that heal uh, very fast. You've got to take your time, and you've got to make sure that it heals correctly, because if it doesn't, it will last longer and longer and longer. So what Neymar's got to do, a lot of ice, and he's got to be uh, very careful with the way he handles this injury. And hopefully, with a lot of good work and a lot of uh, excellent doctoring, which I'm sure they have around the PSG facility, uh, he can be back on the field. But four to six weeks, that's a little bit, uh, I think that's pushing it a little bit, but we'll see what happens. Again, he's due back November 20th in competition for the PSG Monaco game. So another thing that Neymar is chasing right now is the uh, Selexal goal uh, scoring record currently held by Pelé. This is the uh, goal scoring championship or the most goals scored by the national team or by a person on the national team of Brazil. Pelé retired with an impressive, are you ready for this, 77 uh, national team goals. Amazing. I have a pleasure of watching Pelé play in person twice. The man was absolutely incredible. I just don't understand how he could do all he did. But Neymar right now is at 64 national team goals. So he's only got, what, about uh, 13 or so to go? Well, let's see what happens. Neymar, I'm sure, is chasing that record. He's got it in his sights. And I don't think a groin injury is going to stop him. But he's going to have to you know, be careful and you know, just you know do what he's got to do in order to make this injury heal correctly so that it doesn't come back and hurt him down the stretch. Okay, once again, Neymar out four to six weeks. We'll see how that goes. In the meantime, the other superstar that's back playing is Cristiano Ronaldo. Remember, he went down with a COVID-19 positive test back in October. Uh, he stayed out for 19 days in quarantine. 
Uh, Juventus during that time won only one of four matches during his absence, and they were shut out in Champions League action by Barcelona to nothing. Unbelievable, huh? Juventus shut out. Barcelona's a good team. Back line is excellent at Barcelona, but Juventus shut out during a game. Mm, when was the last time that happened, right? Okay, Ronaldo tested positive, as I said, on October the 13th. He was with Portugal at the time, playing in uh, World Cup qualifying action. And then the Italian sports minister, Vincenzo Spadafora, accused Ronaldo of breaching COVID-19 quarantine protocol. This is currently still under investigation. Ronaldo is vehemently denying these allegations. I did see a video of him supposedly flying on an air ambulance from uh, Portugal over to Turin so that he could go into quarantine. But the Italian minister is looking at this saying, hmm, this looks suspicious, da da da, da. I don't know what the deal is. But uh, there's an investigation going on into Ronaldo and the COVID-19 quarantine and all of this. So stand by. We'll just see where it all ends up. Meanwhile, Portuguese superstar was back on Saturday. Uh, he netted two goals against Serie A newcomer Spezia. And uh, it was in the 59th and 76th minutes. I do not know if he started the game. I imagine he did. But the problem, the, the bottom line is he uh, got two goals in that game and uh, Juventus went on to win. Okay, another uh, item here that we need to uh, kind of look at and keep our fingers crossed. USA is scheduled to play Wales in a uh, FIFA World Cup, or FIFA friendly, that is. This is on November the 12th. Uh, it's supposed to start at 1.45 Eastern time, 2.45 Eastern time here in the United States. It's going to be played in Swansea City, which is not the capital, Cardiff. Uh, the main stadium there apparently is not going to be used, but they're going to use Swansea City down on the coast. Um, now. Is this game going to be played or not? Uh, in checking uh, the sources, so far at this point, it's still on. Uh, as you know, the United Kingdom has gone into a very strict lockdown. Uh, there are a lot of coaches who are saying, please keep the soccer going so that the fans have something to do and watch at home uh, while they're in this uh, really strict quarantine. So if the game goes on, obviously there will be no fans. But uh, USA and Wales were scheduled to play back in March or April, and that was canceled because of the beginning of the pandemic. So at this point, still on USA to play Wales, November 12th, 2.45 Eastern time, 1.45 Central time. No definitive TV coverage yet here in the United States, but I imagine either ESPN or Fox Sports is going to pick it up. We will let you know as soon as we know. Um, so that's where we stand at this point. Also on that particular day, uh, at this point, uh, South Korea and North Korea are scheduled to play a World Cup qualifier. That's on November the 12th. Whether that game will go off or not, I don't know. Um, other games over in Asia for the World Cup qualifying on that date have been canceled so far. Whether North and South Korea will play, I don't know. We'll see where we where we end up with that. And speaking of Americans who are playing uh, in Europe, uh, Serginho Dest uh, is now with Barcelona. He is having a great time and enjoying every minute of it. And boy, I'll tell you what, if I was a player who – came into uh, camp one morning and said, by the way, you're being loaned out to Barcelona, the best team in the world. I would be ecstatic, okay? So he's making a lot of positive noise over there. He played the whole game against Juventus in the Champions League. Um, he played a, a squared up against fellow American Weston McKinney, who is now with Juventus, and he is also living a dream. Uh, he has said that publicly. Uh, both these guys are just very, very humble, and they realize what the situation is for them and how good it is for them. Because this is you're playing with two of the best players in the world, and you are going to learn a lot when you play with these guys on your game situations. Uh, I can't imagine Weston McKinney 
just you're probably just taking notes uh, as Ronaldo, you know, works his magic on the field. Uh, Serginho Dest watching uh, watching Messi do his thing for Barcelona. Just an amazing situation for these two Americans. They will become very, very good players because of this, and they're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of positive feedback, and they're going to get a lot of positive attention as uh, time goes on. Now, another American that's making a lot of uh, positive uh, waves in European soccer, and he's playing for Chelsea. That's Christian Plissick. Uh, Christian is a great player. This kid is so just amazing to watch. And uh, I'll tell you who his number one fan is, and that's the coach of Chelsea, Frank Lampard, the English international. Lampard, a great guy, just a really nice person. But I am so happy that Plissick is with Lampard at Chelsea because that's a great matchup. And Plissick is going to learn a lot from him. And Lampard will encourage him in a very good way as things go on. Uh, Plissick uh, did get hurt, but Lampard uh, was able to get him some good attention. And so he is playing very, very well for Chelsea and helping Chelsea tremendously in that middle midfield position. So those three Americans are just a bevy of about 10 or 12 that are just making marks all over Europe uh, in European soccer. And it's great to see. So hopefully this game with Wales will come off on November the 12th. We can get an idea of what kind of a team the USA has got. And I think you're going to like what you see because these guys are really good. And if they can just get the chemistry together to play as a team, when the time comes, it will be an awesome spectacle indeed. So keep our fingers crossed on that. Very good. Let's go to the European uh, standings of the different uh, leagues and see where we stand at this point. In the EPL, Liverpool has moved into first place. I don't, it doesn't surprise me a bit because you got Jurgen Klopp at the helm. Tottenham is right behind him at 14 points with uh, Josie Mourinho hot on his heels. Then Everton with, yep, that's right, Ancelotti, who uh, has started at Everton. And I told you before the, the league uh, started that Ancelotti was going to make a difference at Everton, and he already is. Everton in third place, just three points out of first place behind Liverpool. Southampton right behind them at 13 points, along with Wolves at 13 points. Chelsea is at 12, Aston Villa at 12, and Leicester City at 12. And then in number nine, Arsenal uh, with uh, Mikel Arteta at the helm. That's 12 points as well. And then Man City with uh, Pep Guardiola uh, reading the helm there at 11 points. So you got a really tight race there in the top 10 of the EPL. Now, over the weekend, there was some action uh, involving these teams. Man City was on the road. And I'll tell you what, when you go to Sheffield, that's a tough place to play because those are some really blue-collar, really vocal fans. And I don't know if there are any fans in the stadium there, but I'll tell you what, it's a tough place to play in any event. Man City came away with a good three points there on the road, one nothing as they shut out Sheffield United. Chelsea was on the road to Burnley, didn't have a problem there. Chelsea three, Burnley nothing, and Plissick did get a cold there in that game. Uh, Liverpool was at home to West Ham United with David Moyes coming in. Uh, you know, David's got a uh, good uh, background and uh, – He's, he's getting this uh, West Ham team uh, geared up. They're going to make a run here. I have a feeling here pretty quick. Uh, right now they're down uh, in about 13th place in the table, but Liverpool was able to eke out a victory 2-1. to one. Uh, David's got a great back line there at West Ham, and so we'll see, uh, see if that holds up uh, during the year. Now on Sunday, uh, Aston Villa and Southampton played at Villa. And I'll tell you what, this was a goal-scoring fest. It's too bad the stadium wasn't packed because the fans would have gotten their money's worth and then some. But Aston Villa came up on the short end of a 4-3 decision. Southampton uh, held on for a good three points on the road. Uh, Everton was on the road to Newcastle United, and the Magpies uh, put in some tough defense against uh, Ancelotti and his boys, and uh, Everton came up short 2-1 to one there. Uh, Manchester United 
was on was at home as Arsenal came in to call, and Arsenal came away with a one nothing win there on the road at Man United. Tottenham Hotspur home to Brighton on Sunday, and uh, Tottenham came away with a narrow two to one victory there. In the Bundesliga, you got Bayern Munich and Dortmund at uh, 15 points apiece, tied atop. And I think it's going to stay like that through the whole season because Dortmund is just a team to reckon with, and so is Bayern Munich. This is a race that's going to go down to the actual last game. RB Leipzig in third place at 13 points, right on everybody's heels. Right behind them, Bayern Leverkusen. Then Mönchengladbach at 11, Augsburg at 10, Stuttgart at 9, Werder Bremen at 9, Eintracht Frankfurt at 9, and then 10th place on the table right now in the Bundesliga, Wolfsburg, with eight points. Uh, Saturday, Eintracht Frankfurt was on the road, or rather, excuse me, Eintracht Frankfurt was at home, and Werner Bremen was on the road, and that was a 1-1 draw. Good uh, one point there for Eintracht Frankfurt at home. Cologne hosted Bayern Munich on Saturday, and Bayern Munich came away with three points on the road, 2-1 to one victory there. Augsburg, the real surprise of the Bundesliga so far this year, was at home, and Mainz came in. And I know Mainz is not the greatest team in the Bundesliga, but, boy, Augsburg really dominated them in that game. It was just an amazing uh, display of of uh, passing and uh, just constant attacking, Augsburg winning that game 3-1. to one. Armenia Bielefeld, of course, new to the Bundesliga this year. They hosted Dortmund, and Dortmund came in and just did a systematic surgical-type job on Armenia Bielefeld. Dortmund coming away with a 2-0 win on the road there. Mutching Gladbach at home to Leipzig, Mutching Gladbach eking out a 1-0 victory there. On Sunday, Bayer Leverkusen was on the road to Freiburg. Leverkusen coming away with a 4-2 victory, three points on the road for them. And Hertha Berlin hosted Wolfsburg. Boy, Wolfsburg turned in a great performance because when you play in that Olympic Stadium in Berlin, that can be rather intimidating. Well, fortunately for Wolfsburg, there weren't fans there, so uh, they didn't feel as intimidated as they could have felt. But uh, Wolfsburg comes away with a tough one point there on the road with a 1-1 draw. Talking about Augsburg, you know, they're coached by Heiko Ehrlich. And uh, this guy played back in 1989 to 2004. He did a great job when he played. Um, Bayern. He played for Bayern Leverkusen, Mönchengladbach, and Dortmund in his career. Uh, and in 1995, he played five matches for the German national team. Uh, in 2007, he coached the German national under-17 team. And in that point in 2007 is when his coaching career began. Uh, March 10th, uh, he started uh, coaching um, Augsburg, and he's done a great job there. He's got this team playing some smart, beautiful football. And uh, I'll tell you what, they could, they could really cause a problem there in that uh, upper echelon top 10 of the Bundesliga because they could cause some of these uh, other teams – to kind of take them too lightly and then find themselves at the short end of a, of a game. So uh, Heiko Herlich coaching Augsburg and doing a great job there in the Bundesliga. Okay, in Serie A, we've got AC Milan on top uh, right now at 16 points. That's because of uh, Ibrahimovic playing there, and he's doing a great job. He's scoring goals right, left, up, and down like you can't believe. Sassuolo, the big surprise of Serie A. They're in second place at 14 points, right on the heels of AC Milan. Juventus is right on the heels of Sassuolo at 12 points. Juventus, of course, is going to win some more games now that Ronaldo is back. Atalanta right there in the mix, as they always are. Uh, They have been scoring goals and also winning games. Atalanta with 12 points, tied with Juventus. Then Napoli at 11. Inter is at 11 as well. Roma right there at 11. And then Sampdoria, boy, there's a team that uh, you don't hear from very much. They're at 10 points right in the mix. Lazio at 10 points in Verona at 8. Now, on Saturday, 
uh, and Atalanta was at Crotone, and Crotone really uh, concentrated on defense during the game and kept Atalanta uh, at bay, but Atalanta was able to come away with a good three points on the road and a two-to-one victory. Uh, Inter hosted Parma there in Milan, and uh, after the smoke had cleared, Parma came away with one point and a tough two-to-two draw there in Milan. Now, on uh, Saturday, uh, AC Milan was at Udinese, and AC Milan was able to uh, skate out of there with a two-to-one victory. That's a tough place to play. Udinese, uh, a good team, underrated team, but good defense. Uh, Juventus went to Spezia, and I told you about Ronaldo scoring. He scored two goals in the game, and Juventus came away with an easy four-to-one victory. Spezia, of course, new to Serie A, and hopefully they will get better as time goes on. Lazio and Torino had a game in Torino. My goodness, this was a goal fest. Uh, Lazio, I'm just, it, it got into a, a slugfest. You know, who's going to score last, okay? Uh, Lazio comes away with three points on the road, four to three victory there. Sassuolo goes into Napoli. Now, this isn't done very often in the, in the uh, Serie A because Napoli, Napoli is a good home team. Uh, I'll tell you what, when they get fans in that stadium down there in Naples, in Napoli, it's on because uh, it, it's a very intimidating uh, type atmosphere. But Sassuolo comes away with a 2 nothing victory on the road at Napoli. Boy, that was an impressive victory here in Sassuolo, second place Serie A. My goodness. Um, Florentina went to Roma. And, of course, when you play in the Olympic Stadium there in Rome, that's an intimidating factor anyway. But Roma was able to uh, play their game, and Fiorentina just could not keep up with the Rome pace. And Roma comes away with a 2-0 victory at home there. Then they had the Genoa Derby, uh, you might say. Uh, Sampdoria and Genoa, of course, they're in the same city. And I'm sure that ca- causes some interesting dinner table conversation uh, all, you know, during the day. Uh, Sampdoria and Genoa played to a 1-1 tie. Maybe just as well so that uh, not one side didn't get reambunctious over the other. Uh, again, the Genoa Derby, 1-1 in Serie A. Uh, Sam Doria, coached by uh, Claudio Ramieri. Of course, he's been around Europe for, gosh, I don't know how many years. He has coached everywhere and then some. Uh, he's been coaching since 1986, came to uh, Sam Doria in October of 2019. He's got this team playing good. The thing about uh, Ramieri is that he is a tactician, and he knows where to put players, where to tell them to do, and give them you know, what responsibilities to give them during a game. And he is really fascinating to watch. Uh, it's like watching a, somebody play a chess match, and uh, he is just incredible. So uh, Ramieri, it doesn't surprise me that Sam Doria is in the top 10 there in Serie A. Okay, the Mexico League. Leon continues to dominate there at 36 points. Of course, Nacho Ambris, the coach there, he is doing a great job, which doesn't surprise me in the slightest because he was a really great player. Okay, Leon at 36 points. Then America, five points behind at 31 Pumas right there on their heels at 29, along with Cruz Azul. And then you got Monterrey Rayados at 29 points, Tigres at 27, then Pachuca at 25, Chivas from Guadalajara at 23, Santos from Torreon and Coahuila at 22 points, then Nacaxa at 21. On the 31st, uh, Pumas and Chivas played at Mexico City there in the uh, Olympic Stadium, and that was a 2-2 draw. Rayados hosted Cruz Azul that night. Rayados came away with a hard-fought one-nothing victory over Cruz Azul. Then on the first, America hosted Tigres down there at the Azteca. Oh my goodness, this is Monterey coming to Mexico City. And let me tell you what: when that happens in Mexico, <laughs> everybody pays attention. America, though, was able to uh, do their thing and play their game, 
And Tigres was on the short end of a three to one decision. America keeping in second place by two points in the Mexico League. Okay, moving on to the MLS. We've got uh, Philadelphia, Toronto, Columbus, Orlando City, and New NYCFC in uh, positions one through five in the MLS East at this point. Philadelphia with 44 points and Toronto tied with them. Then Portland, uh, Sporting KC, Seattle, LAFC, and Minnesota are the first uh, five positions there in the MLS Western Division. Portland with 38 points, Sporting KC right behind them at 36. On the first, Columbus beat Philadelphia 2-1. to one. Uh, That was in Columbus, and Toronto hosted Inter-Miami that same night, and they got a 2-1 to one victory there. It was NYFC all over New York Red Bulls. This is a New York rivalry, and I'm surprised it got out of hand this fast, this quick, and it got uh, the score got this high. NYCFC 5, Red Bulls 2. That was played at Yankee Stadium. Okay, Colorado 3, Seattle 1 over in the MLS West on the first. And then Portland hosted Vancouver, and that was a one nothing victory for Portland. Portland with a very good team this year, very smart team, and a hard-working team. Okay, Champions League action is coming up this week on the 3rd, which is voting day here in the United States. Uh, we've got some uh, interesting matchups in Champions League. You've got Lokomotiv Moskva uh, hosting Atletico Madrid. They're in Moscow. Cloudy and 47 degrees is the weather forecast. And I'll tell you what, if I'm playing in Moscow in November and it's cloudy and 47 degrees, I would say thank you to the man above because it could be a lot worse in Moscow at that time, believe me. Okay, also we've got Shakhtar Donetsk and Muchin Gladbach playing in Ukraine and Donetsk, Ukraine. A 50% chance of rain in 53 degrees is the uh, forecast there. Now, most of Muchin Gladbach are Germans, so that weather won't bother them at all. Other matchups find Bayern Munich on the road to Salzburg there in Austria. Inter is going to travel to the Bernabeu in Madrid to play Real. Olympiacos from Greece is going to be in Manchester to play Man City. Uh, Porto is going to host uh, Marseille in Portugal. Uh, Midtjylland is going to host Ajax from the Netherlands there in Denmark on the Jutland Peninsula. And Atalanta there in Italy is going to host Liverpool. That'll be a great matchup to watch. Now, these games, the first two games that are out of uh, Ukraine and Moscow start at uh, 12.55 Eastern time. You can find them either on TUDN, Unimas, or Galavision, okay, all the Spanish channels. Uh, one of the, those games will be on those channels. Then at 3 o'clock, 2 central time, you've got Bayern Munich, Inter, Man City, uh, Porto, Ajax, and Liverpool uh, on those channels, but that, those are the late games. So it's kind of like a doubleheader on the channels. Check your local listings for what games will be shown. Then on 11-4, on the 4th, you've got more Champions League action. you got lots of you from Italy going to Zenit, which is there in St. Petersburg, Russia. Man U is going to travel to Istanbul to play uh, there. Rennes from the French League is going to travel to Chelsea and play Frank Lampard and the Chelsea boys. And Dynamo Kiev is going to travel from the Ukraine, and they're going to go to Barcelona to take on Messi and Barcelona there at Camp Nou. Also, we've got uh, Ferran Vakos from Hungary, and they're going to be playing Juventus. PSG is going to be on the road. They're going to go to RB Leipzig and uh, play there. So those are some Champions League matchups on Thursday, or rather Wednesday, and uh, 12.55 Eastern, 11.55 Central for the first two games. 
And then this, the rest of the games will be at 3 Eastern, 2 Central time. Again, TUDN, Unimas, and Galavision have all of the television coverage. Some great soccer there. Now, on Thursday, Europa League action kicks in, and some of the teams that are playing from Europe are kind of interesting matchups here. you got Celtic playing Sparta Prava in Glasgow, and then Benfica is going to host Rangers down there in Portugal. Roma is going to host CFR Cluj from Romania there in the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Tottenham Hotspur is going to travel to Ludogorets in Bulgaria. Mold, who plays out of Norway, is going to travel to Arsenal. And AC Milan will be hosting Lille from League 1. That's going to be Europa League action on Thursday. Same TV schedule type setup. Uh, some good matchups there and uh, some good games to watch. Well, very good. That breaks it up uh, for um, Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Lauren McClay is the producer, and John Dang handles the sound. DC McClay is in our ideas department. We thank you so much for tuning in. Wash your hands. Social distancing, please. Let's continue to fight this pandemic and get rid of it. And in the meantime, don't let your life have too many yellow cards.